Hello, friend, and welcome to episode 37 of Hearty Dice Friends. Racking up the numbers. Mm. We're nearly at Naughty 40. We've done 30-30. We're getting up towards Naughty 40. Then um, Nifty 50. Sexy 60. And nothing rhymes with 70. <laughs> Screventy 70. Good old Screventy 70. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, we're coming up on 40. Um, we, are, um, we are together, which explains again the slightly odd audio quality. We're together again. Back once again. And it feels so good. Um, we're back once again with the ill behaviour. Which is to say, we both had quite a lot to drink last night. We did. Um, we watched a lovely film called The Babysitter, which is on Netflix, and you should watch that immediately. Because yeah, it is lovely. It's comedy horror, and it, it delivers on both, which is great. <laughs> which is... An alarming rarity these days. It's very good. But um, we, are, we are geared up, hyped up, psyched revved. up. Revved. We're revved. We're raring to go. I'm having to keep Chris back from eating the microphone. I've, I've got him... I am very hungry. I've got my arm across his chest. I'm pinning him back. <laughs> It's the third time we tried recording. <laughs> <laughs> Two microphones later. Two we're here. I'm not looking forward to him trying to pass those. No. But we're here and we're ready to answer your questions. So Chris, will you do me the the honour of asking me a hearty dice question? I'll ask you a hearty dice question when you scroll to it. Uh, so Trivia Lad asks, what's the best way to avoid having to have NPCs talk to each other and when you can't avoid it, What's the best way to pull it off? It's very hard doing it's this. It's so hard. Chris doesn't like having NPCs talking to players. No. Let alone to other NPCs. I, I describe what they say. Yeah. I'm terribly social, uh, full of social anxiety. It's true, because you, you can do... You, you can't get at voices and stuff. You did that sloth. <laughs> I do many voices, but never on demand. I'm going to wear you like a cheap suit. <laughs> I'm going to crawl in your window and rearrange everything in your house. Very slowly. I'm going to take your dog away. I'm going to put things in your socks. I like how yours are much less threatening than mine. Oh no, mine are quite threatening. You don't know what he's putting in socks. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I think it's really bad to have NPCs talk to each other. I think that you can maybe do it as a gag. I'd like to see maybe sock puppets. (laughs) Full Punch and Judy show. Well... So it can be quite tiring to run with puppets. I've to run around. <laughs> Dangerous too, especially if you trip. Were you told that in school, don't run with puppets. Not only do you hurt you, but you hurt the puppet as well when you trip. Yeah. Oh, my toes. Puppets have rights. Um, the issue is it can be quite tiring to hold the puppet up and sort of act with it for the whole yeah. time. Yeah. So, but I think having a sock puppet for every major NPC <laughs> would be great. It means if you're terrible at voices as well, you can just sub. I've forgotten the word. Um, replace. That's the fellow. Yeah. That's why I started with submit. Sub. Submit. No. no. Substitute. Substitute. There we are. Oh, words. Mm. Submit what? <laughs> Wait, what? what? What are you substituting? Voices for puppets. Ah, I see. Now it might possibly diffuse any sort of drama you've been trying to build <laughs> as the vizier emerges. Intense crime horror. The hard, the hard burn detective comes out, looks up from his coffee. I mean, they don't, they, I think they just have normal voices rather than, oh, hello, I'm a detective. <laughs> just a squeaker. <laughs> he says, glaring down at the corpse. <laughs> that was a core clue. Um, I, I worry 
um, about that. But I think it could be fun because then you could have them talk to each other and like interact. Yeah. Um, Hit each other with sticks. Steal sausages. Why aren't there more Punch and Judy RPGs? There's only one. Uh, it's quite a good one. Puppetland. To be fair. Yeah, it is pretty good. I okay. I think that the best way to do this is not to do it, but to give the NPCs to other people. Yep, hand them out. Yeah, um, which is is that lazy or is that ingenious or both? I think it's both. Um, I think it can backfire on you mm. quite heavily mm. um, when somebody just goes, "Yeah, okay, I'll do that," and has no real idea what's going on, but a lot of confidence, but a lot of confidence, and really tries to sell it. I think that's why people don't ask me to NPC very often. Yeah. Yeah. I I used I used to recommend in fact in this podcast I think I recommended like you should always NPC like if you could NPC dicks it's a great way to learn how to how to role play and how to not worry about like the consequences of your actions when compared to the story yeah and I realised now I've not been invited to NPC or something for four years yeah after I played a it was a road trader game and I played an Imperial Navy officer. Um, who the players had like the player I, I had a lot of re- a lot of resources at my disposal and the players needed like basically needed needed help to, to tackle a threat and I called them a bunch of jumped up rogue merchants because they were rogue traders and, and tot- tottered out of there <laughs> with <laughs> so, so you my were just stuff. you were just mean I was very mean and I thought it would be funny I was wrong <laughs> I mean, lesson learned like the other NPC was an inquisitor and someone jobbed him in a cupboard so I think I did slightly <laughs> better <laughs> You walked away. Yeah, he died off screen, which is never that. No, um, that's never, yeah. never fulfilling that one, is it? Um, so yeah, giving that to other players and like giving them a quick brief, but also I think a lot of it comes down to how tightly you're controlling your story. Yeah. So if if it's like, well, this scene, these NPCs are, are, are gonna are gonna play this out, and I know how it's gonna end, uh, and the players can go in one of these three different ways, rather than I've I've got like shit. We we did a game of Unbound where we had. Um, the like the native council of aliens on this planet. So they weren't aliens. We were aliens going to the planet. It was a sci-fi game, and one like um, one one of the players, his like his character had come into problems with the council, and so he went back to talk to them about the threat of these um, invaders. And everyone, as well as me, around the table played members of the council. Sort of, we had an old one and a young, angry one and a sexy one, and uh, and a sexy one. Mm, Is that how sexy ones sound? That's how sexy people sound. They wear nurses' hats and cock their hips <laughs> and hip their cocks. I bet they do. Uh, it's a sexy voice. Have you never heard sexy voices I've, before? N- no, that sounds like somebody's got helium in them. Wow, that's awesome. This is more helium. That's more. Me. That's more helium. Yeah. This is like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> oh, gee, put out. I'm not sure that's such a good idea. Anyway, we're doing voices again. We are copyright infringing voices. Yes, I think they're the best voices. Yeah. I think that you can you can spread out NPCs and have them talk to each other. That's the only real way you should do it. Yeah. Um, or possibly, like, rather than having NPCs talk to each other, uh, have NPCs deliver speeches to the players as though they're the audience, as it were. Right. The same way that when you when you perform on stage, you speak out to the audience and you project. You're having a conversation for the sake of displaying information rather than for the sake of having a conversation. Um, yeah. An old one. With my advice, that I think my advice boiled down to be good at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What you gonna do is just just be excellent there. Yeah, great. Thanks. Um, Thanks. All right, I'm gonna ask you a question. Go on then. What non-fantasy setting is the best for including Albers? Will ask this question. I want I want a cyberpunk Albers. Hmm. Okay. 
So like an Albert level of ice in the Matrix. Because <laughs> I was I was imagining he's like not Shadowrun because fuck Shadowrun, but um like pure cyberpunk Gibson esque cyberpunk yeah. and just have a Albert rocking about <laughs> as Molly Million zip lines into the straylight complex. Just 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 piloting the tug up to the straylight. <laughs> it's not male comments. <laughs> Hoot! Hoot! Hoot, hoot, motherfuckers, it's the Albert. But no, you just have, like, Gleaming the Cube. What's Gleaming the Cube? It's a... I don't know why I mentioned it, because it's a skateboarding film featuring Tony Hawks. Ah, okay. But I always use Gleaming the Cube to mean um, going into the Matrix. Uh, hacking the Gibson. Yeah. I... I think the idea of a virtual Albert might be slightly better yeah. in that, in that like, you've got all these really slick operators and you're like, shit, they got an Albert. And, <laughs> it's just and, this like... hooting, squawking <laughs> monstrosity made of light and, and digits. But like, it's 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 all using Johnny Mnemonic grade um, visuals. So like, yeah. like it's like like hackers where like it's it's all real footage. Like the hackers didn't contain any CGI. Funnily enough, it was all footage of um, of models. Yeah. But that, and then you've just got like a Ray Harryhausen grade plasticine Albert <laughs> stomping around at the base. Desperately trying to rip your arm off. <laughs> I'd really like to see them in Vampire the Masquerade. Or, really? Or Vampire as, the Masquerade. As, as a clan? Um, no, more like a, more a covenant. They're more something that you join. La <laughs> <Le> Sombra, Albert. <laughs> you join, you join, so like in, in, in Vampire the Requiem, there is your clan and mm-hmm. there is your covenant. Okay. And so there's like, who you are, bloodline-wise, and what you believe in philosophy-wise, and you can yeah. both get powers from both. And maybe who, what you believe in philosophy-wise is I'll become an Albert. <laughs> because you've already, like, I think over half of them still have, like, transformative powers. There's, like, the coils of the dragon you can get if you join the Order of the Dracul. Yeah. And that means you can do things like stare in sunlight and be super tough and shrug off damage. That seems a bit cheaty. Well, it's the one thing you can do, and other people get magic, or they have, I guess, um, socialism is one of the things you can have. That's great, or I can just live a normal life. It's not that easy. <laughs> like, I think there's, like, blood sacrifice and rituals. Oh, and, okay, fine, and it's like, or, and, and it's like, like, you take bashing damage rather than lethal, <laughs> as opposed to just... Just be... walk outside and just get lamped by the sun. <laughs> God, ah, oh, ah, oh, oh, dude. Oh, oh, man, that really hit my eye. It was I right thought, the side of my head. I think I lost a tooth. Oh. Oh, those vampire arcade diseases, they made it out in the films. Um, I bet you're wondering how I ended up in this situation. (laughs) Kate Beckinsale really sold this, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, and then Rodimitri, and then Kate Beckinsale again. (laughs) Didn't they replace her with Rodimitri in the the third film? I only watched the first one. Kind of an ersatz Beckinsale. (laughs) He always felt kind of like an ersatz Blanchett to me. Really? Well, she just, like... Kate Beckinsale feels like the inferior version of something else, but I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> like, 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 hang on. Think back to the what? Okay. Oh, think back to the last uh, film that Kate Beckinsale did a top draw performance in. Last film I remember is Underworld. Yeah. Is that and, and when you say last film you remember? Is that just the last film you remember? <laughs> <laughs> no, the last Beckinsale film. Yeah. Do you remember we played that top-down PS2? Um, Oh, exclusive game of Underworld, The Lycan Wars. Dire. She had three barks, and one of them was, I live for this. And she's famously dead. <laughs> <laughs> one out of three, straight off the bat. Yeah. Um, 
I think I, I think having having a clan that you devote yourself to and like you a bit like the way that Gangrel can shift into wolves. Right. Eventually like you study the secrets of the ancient Albers. Oh uh, you see, I was thinking it was more like Nosferatu. Where oh, it, you get bitten. You get bitten and it warps you into their shape. Every single member of the Albert clan must have some sort of um problem which reduces them to, 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 to social zero. Okay. Except it's always the same problem than they are in Albert. <laughs> They all look identical. <laughs> wow. There's literally no way of telling them apart. <laughs> it's the same model. Yeah. I, I got to introduce someone to Valbears recently. That that must have been a thrilling experience. Oh, she'd never seen them before. Oh. I, like, she got shocked at a beholder. And I got to... I got to oh, hang on. It's going to blow your tiny fucking mind. <laughs> it was beautiful. Um, I think Albers aren't used enough. Yeah, they're generally scary. They're, yeah, they, they they are genuinely terrifying. Uh, I can't wait until my players are high enough level in any either of my D and D games to throw one in. Yeah, at the moment they're fighting skeletons and orcs. Eh. Yeah, and like fine. Yeah, um, they're basically okay, but they're no Albert. No, I think you know how you know how like in in um in fourth ed they made a real effort to try and get a representation of every monster at every like power level. Yeah, so that there was dragons you could fight at level one and like beholders you could fight at later levels. I think we need a lower and higher power owlbear. Yeah. Like an owlbear pup. An owlet bear. An owlet cub. And a an elder owlbear. <laughs> the older oh, an owlbear becomes, the more owls it adds. <laughs> and also the more bears. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a rat king. <laughs> Just hideous conglomeration of beaks, feathers and talons. Thankfully, thankfully it's a powerful spellcaster because it can't move. Just levitates its broken form towards you. It's it's wildly spasming hands as it happens. Are doing somatic, are doing um, is it somatic components yeah. for at least eight spells at once? You just use the rules for beholders. <laughs> it randomly fires off spells. Anti magic field, it falls apart. On that subject, actually, we've got another question come in. Do we? Which is what's the deal with beholders? Beholders, the the floating psychic footballs of the D and D world. I hate beholders. They're, they're a little silly. That's that's really kind. They have an anti magic field, which shuts down all magic, including their own, if they open their eye. One of their eyes. Uh, well, like, like like the big eye. In the let's, middle. So the traditional beholder. Yeah, let's, let's describe the beholder. It's a big spherical creature. Mm-hmm. With a big eye and a big mouth. Like a cacodemon from Doom. Yeah. But with one eye. And then, I think it's eight Mm -hmm. tentacles with eyes on the end. Eye stalks. Eye stalks that then fire off different prismatic types of laser. Yeah, there's like, there's there's death rays. So it's... uh, Burning rays, acid rays. Essentially, like, the rave originator of demons. It's not a demon, technically. It's it's, it's an aberration. It's an aberration. A wizard done it. Yeah. Which is a poor excuse. Is this? I don't think this is one of the ones that Gary Gygax bought a plastic box of and then had to had to ascribe meaning to. You know that's how, how most of the D and D monsters. I did not know that. No. Oh yeah, so that, there, was, there was this Chinese company that was producing um, what they claimed to be dinosaurs, um, and for the monster manual, like Gary Gygax had been using these as representations of fantasy creatures in his in his in his game. So like the bullet mm. is only there. And the Albert is only there because these <laughs> because that cow yeah. came out of the mold. I, th- I think there's like also like the Ankh Hag. Oh, yeah. or the sorry, the Umber Hulk, which is a stupid name for a thing. Yeah, there's like that's just the color of the thing it is on the word Hulk. Yeah, 
Um, they're all from the a sing- strong. They're all from a single 1974 plastic set of of, of random models. Oh, of that's, Gaga that's lovely. Which is why dinosaurs were so popular in the first editions as well. Why yeah. they had like individual entries for every dinosaur. Yeah, um, I don't. Th- I think they're they've, they've come out of out of his fevered brain, and they are a problem. <laughs> I just imagine them now like a like a horde of pests that Don't are about an inch tall. It's going through your jam. These very small anti-magic zones that Dungeons, just zip about. Dungeons and Dragons keeps trying to make them scary. And, and they're, they're just not. Do you remember, do you remember they were in the film? Yes. There's a sleeping one in the film? Yeah. That one of the Wayans sneaks past? They, they, fall into, they, they fall into the same category as Grell for me. Grell I find genuinely scary. Big brains, beak... Tentacles. Tentacles. Like, like paralyzing tentacles. Jellyfish mind. I think that the Grell is scarier than the Beholder because it doesn't really have a face. <laughs> and that's it. That's the only Although, thing that pushes it above. It, you, you, you can use my, you can use, just call back to episode eight, you can use my sea cucumber rule, which put, put a hat and a monocle on anything and it stops being scary. <laughs> Personify it too much. Aside from a Tory. Still scary. Mm-hmm. That, that, those are just the tools of the Tory. <laughs> they, come, they come by default. Yeah. In the kit. So, I mean, why do you think Beholders have stayed true, stayed popular in Dungeons & Dragons? I think because they're interesting to fight. Are they? I, I guess, like, there's a lot of random data going on, isn't there? Yeah, and there's... Not, well, not just random data, but you've got something that is powerfully magical mm-hmm. that can neutralise that. Mm, and can fly. And can fly. And is going to hit you with a lot of different elements, so you can't just, like, go, oh, it's a fire dragon, yeah, I'm yeah. going to... Get a lot of fire resistance gear. Kind and of a lucky it. dip every round, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Plus, it can go up and down drain pipes if they're big enough. And go up and down anything if it's big enough, it can fly. Well, but it's a circle of the thing, so it can sort of like go around vents. <laughs> what if that's not that's an interesting idea? Actually, seeing as it can go through vents, what if you had a remake of Alien that set in a dungeon with a beholder hooning be through the vents? At you? <laughs> what noise do they make? I don't think they can speak, can they? Yeah, they've got mouth. Well, yeah. But I so, assume they do it psychically. So do fucking dogs. I assume they do it psychically. Oh, okay. I just... Good evening. How kind of you all to come. My name is Daniel Beddingfield. <laughs> and I'm here to tell talk to you about Beholder. <laughs> so I thought the Beholder was Daniel Beddingfield. Yes. He'd taken a human name. Yes, he has. Okay. How, how else is he going to communicate with humans? He needs to... <laughs> Assimilate. It is my sister, Natasha Beddingfield. 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 Now we will sing for you. (laughs) We call it hooning. (laughs) This is our mating dance. (laughs) All beholders mate four at a time. Watch as we tangle the eye stalk. Do beholders even have cocks? What's the deal with that? I don't know. Maybe that's done psychically as I'm well. Trying to th- well, I'm trying to think because, like, well, psychic breeding seems seems like a get out clause. It does. Figure they? they've probably got a cloaca. You never see the back of them, do they? No. And you... it, like, even the models come on a stick, which I assume <laughs> is like covering their modesty, <laughs> <laughs> covering over the whole business area. Ooh, down it's turning there. upside down and being shot. All right. Okay. So fans asks, mm-hmm. which fantasy world would you take a holiday in? We're talking two weeks, not a mini break. Oh, okay. Proper, like, go for and explore. Go, yep, you've, you've got some time. Mm-hmm. It's not just, like, nipping over to Antwerp for the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everyone looks nice. Everyone does look nice, and there's a lot of uh, uh, arcano tech. Yes. 
Plus you've got that train that'll that will get you places. That cool train. I think it's being robbed most days. Most days, because it's the only train. What There's... else are train robbers going to do, obviously? <laughs> Should have picked a different major. <laughs> um, you've got, you got the cannibal halflings. I don't really want to hang out with them. But cool jungles and stuff, I guess. Yeah. They, they like dinosaurs as well. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Because you and I did a plane hopping adventure, which we planned for. Yes. But we didn't plan much past doing a big drawing of a robot that the players had to build by going to different planes. Yeah, we drew a picture of a robot on a sweet, sweet-as-hell rad motorcycle. Yeah. And you had to go to different planes to collect all the bits to you, make a sweet-as-hell rad motorcycle well, robot. Yeah, you needed to get the robot from Dragon Mech. You needed to get a wizard's tower from Forgotten Realms, which was your gun. Yeah. You needed to get um, the Dixie Flatline from Neuromancer, because we really like Neuromancer. Yeah. Um, there was a Google Earth... Um, box which the goblins had stolen from the yep. traditional D&D um, and I believe the sick ass sick ass motorcycle was just a Dracolish oh yes it was a Dracolish you <laughs> it, had was, to kill. it was a flying motorcycle <laughs> yes it was this is why we don't plan things anymore it was a great idea like like the rule was that we could only plan using felt tip paper on one sheet of A4 oh, for yes. adventure <laughs> which I think is a it's, it's, it's a it's a rule that I've kept um, for my game design yes but I don't, know, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to Forgotten Realms. That seems boring. It does, doesn't it? I mean, it's, what um, are you doing? Just water deep? Yeah, and it's like so generic. Yeah. Everways for pricks. Wow. It is for pricks. What you you want to hang out with no, those I tree don't. huggers? No, I don't. No. Tarot cards. What else have we got? That's magic. It's too, too complicated. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Anything worked. We die immediately in Warhammer. Yep. Because there is only war. Yeah. Well, no, that, that's 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 the the far future one. Oh, okay. Fantasy one is um, grim and perilous adventure in a place where there's only war. There's a lot of war. I think, Not but war. I think they have things that aren't war in in in, in, uh, in fantasy. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Things degraded over time. Though. Murder. <laughs> yeah, things got worse. <laughs> um. But like, what about like books? You read a lot of those, eh? What, which uh, which which fancy yeah. book world? Which fancy book world? And I'll pretend that I've read it. Oh, I'm trying to think. I kind of like the at the moment, like the, a lot of the books I read are very urban fantasy mm. London, right? Which is then, not somewhere I really want to go because I've been to London. It's nice. Yeah, but I've been to London. It's still oh, it's the it's, same. It's, but it's but, like but, but there, I'm a wizard there. It's not two week break territory. No, it's not. I'm not going to take two weeks holiday. This in London. bus driver is a ghost. Oh no! <laughs> it's not really a fantasy world. Is it? I see you're going to Spooksville. <laughs> One, please. <laughs> no, but like. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Fair. But you at least want to go to urban fantasy Paris. That could be nice. That could be nice. I think I would like to go to Ulthwan. 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 What's an Ulthwan? Um, it's the High Elf home in Warhammer Fantasy. Okay. It's a big crescent island, dripping with magic. They don't really let humans into that much, but I guess I've got dispensation from going on holiday there. And it's like super magic, soup to nuts all the time. Big, tall, good-looking horses. <laughs> um, Real sexy horses. Lads with spears, lads on boats. Con- t- constant Dark Elf raids. Yep. Um, but like the the font of all magic is there, it comes out, which is nice. I think I'd quite like to go to Ravenloft. Yeah, which bit? So that's the thing about Ravenloft. It's a really good sightseeing tour. As long as you can trans, as long as you can get through the mists. Yeah, but yeah. Mo- you you can get through the mists unless 
But the Dark Lord specifically wants the borders closed. Ah, so all you need like is, is like a Dark Proof Lord jetpack. Yeah, or, or, or a passport, I guess. I assume it's just like border control. I prefer my version. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but then at least we it can... really knacker the, uh, the tone. <laughs> but then, like, I, I, I could be looking at you know some some feudal castles. Yeah, that's nice. And yeah. then I can pop over to Fantasy Venice. That's true, and you could pop over to Fantasy um, Arabia. I believe they yeah. have that there. Yeah, all um, sorts. A swamp, a, a sw- and swamp, and swamp. I'm there, and swamp. There's some lovely towns, some turn of the century English stuff. One of them is run by a were badger. I seem to remember. Yes, Azrael the were badger. Azrael the hello, Azrael. Hello. He's a dwarf as well, so he's not quite. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's a really good race to get badgered. Right, that's really solid. Big ginger dwarf. Does <laughs> he turn into a badger once a month? How did that work? Yeah. Okay. But like mean... a like a dire badger. Oh, okay. Well, like not yeah. like a normal. I was about to say household badger. You come. <laughs> just you know the sort of badger you'd get instead of a Roomba. Yeah. Yeah. And just snuffles around and eats everything. Yeah. I'd love to have a badger as a pet. I really wish they weren't oh, so yeah. smelly, cantankerous, and wild. <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> really dangerous, Just wild Awful animals. killers. Really terrible creatures yeah. that deserve to be shot. Used for badger hairbrushes. Mm, they can serve man. In death. In death they can serve. <laughs> death they serve. Wandering up, wandering up to an injured badger and go, you will serve me yet, my creature. Just cutting off his hair and a little shave. <laughs> Shaving the badger with it. Oh man, (laughs) ultimate indignity with his own hair. That's some saw level shit. It is. That's that's nasty. Um, Trivia lad asks. Yeah, are bards actually fun? They can be. Go on. I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna put a caveat here. Oh okay. And not a joke. That's a pretty. Mm. That's a pretty heavy caveat you just Mm. bunged on there. So you can you can. Play a scald type character. Ah, uh, sword, shouting. Sword and shouting, and get away with it. But the second, the second you pick up a loot, mm-hmm. we done. Yeah, we done. So, do you know the origins of bards? Do you know how they all sort of came to be? No, tell me about the origins of bards. Interesting story here. Very interesting. They've been downpowered significantly. So, bards were a were an additional class that came. So, you used to have like your fighting man mm-hmm. and your magic user, your elf, and your elf, your priest. You had like you had the the, the, the core dwarf as well, yeah. The five core thing, and then you had extra ones you put on. So like paladin was something which you could, which you could get into if you had levels in priest and fighting man. Also known as a kit. Yes, the kit. Yes, indeed. Um, and so there's paladin and druid and bard. And bard was actually the highest one to get into. It was incredibly hard to get access to that because you had to have um, skill at fighting, yep. skill as a rogue. And, and skill of magic. And skill of magic. Um, and you had to have incredibly high stats to get into it. And the idea was they were modelling not some prick who plays the loot in a bar, but a like a historical oath keeper, almost like a, like a cross between a historian and a police officer, who right. would walk around and know the laws of the land, know the myths and legends of the land, and enforce them. And okay, so, like, you see, that's interesting. And so, that's and so that's they'd, something important. They'd walk around Britain before it had any, you know, any sort of northern european joint before they had a proper police force and they were kind of heroic in that way you know like almost almost like like akin to the witcher yeah but not in terms of philosophy yeah. <laughs> and so that's that's pretty cool and like that doesn't have them as um pick the door better they doesn't have that 
pick the lock, I guess. Just picking doors. <laughs> just, I guess I've never just got this image of a very grumpy bull with like a trumpet. It goes, do it, do it, fuck him up. <laughs> bang bang, bang dang 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 dang, shoot him in the head. I really like the idea of like a bird with a piano who can't play it. Blong 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 blong. Did you enjoy that? Do you feel better? Do you want to roll the advantage? Ironically, I just uh, just given you advantage on your perform checks. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I yeah, bards. Current bards are daft. Yeah, I think that I, I like how they scream at you and cause damage. Well, there, there was like fourth third bard. You, you you'd whistle jauntily at a skeleton, and it would take psychic damage for embarrassment. Nope. No, that's daft. Nope. That, that doesn't like. Okay, put, put it this way, right? I understand that you can get power from the gods. Sure. And I understand that you can get power from m- magic in a sort of loose way. Yeah. And so, like, you've got maybe, like, it's born in with you from dragon souls or, like, fey blood or, or whatever. It's studied. You've and... studied as a wizard. Or, like, you make dark pacts with creatures. These are all heavily established themes. Yes. It's yeah. not quite so heavily established as someone who can hum magic into the world. No, just banging a triangle and suddenly you've got dinner. Have you got that? Is that is that a Lord of the Rings thing? Have they got, like, bards in that? I mean, they do have bards, but they're read the just... Books? Have you read the books? Yeah, okay. a very long time ago. But like, they're not, like, summoning... Oh, yeah, summoning stuff. I think, like, I, I'm pretty sure that, like, in terms of normal, acceptable fantasy shit, I can imagine an elf singing you a song so you get better faster. Yeah. That makes sense. Like a calming, soothing song. Lay down upon my lovely bed. Have a little sleep. My hair will be your blanket. Your hair is really long and greasy. Mmm, healing hair. No, I don't like it. Get it off of me. No, it eats men. What? (laughs) Charlie, lolly, la, la, la. Goddamn hell. I, I like the way we're both singing as well. It's like, yeah, like, like, like bard on bard action, just trying to get as much singing in there as possible to heal. <laughs> that makes sense, but not the bit where like they just summon sonic damage. Yeah, and then you you start getting very quickly into Darth Bard territory where they're rocking around, rocking around with a guitar, yeah. being like that fellow from Mad Max. That's a solid bard. That's yeah. okay, but not a fantasy trope. No. <laughs> We we have a not bard, a common one. That we one. have a bard in our D and D game who is the um, an orc, who is the saxophone the shirt the saxophone guy from Lost Boys. That's her entire character. Amazing. <laughs> Whenever it's her turn, we put on saxophone. <laughs> we put on sax house, like like saxophone heavy house music. I, I just, did not know that was a thing. Just, that's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. As you're throwing the stereo out the window, yeah. or uh, or careless whisper. That's kind of that's kind of the battle tune yeah. that the band has. Um, but bards are stupid. Um, I think that like you can embrace that. Like you can play a barbarian if yep. you want, or scald, or scald. Um, you can you can try and play a noble bard. Um, but the issue I think is that whenever you do something in terms of like inspiring people, you have to make it seem believable. Yes. And like, I guess maybe a drummer in a regiment could do that, you know? But then, like, you can legit... Or a piper. You can legit play the drums to make somebody better at sneaking. Yeah. That's a bit odd. And that's an issue. There was a trait in Complete Scandal which let you do um, sub-audible music. Sub-audible music? So it let you cast spells silently. 
No one could hear it, aside from dogs and worms. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. I need to inspire not dogs and worms. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, like, see, you can inspire someone. They're like, huh, I can't. I can't detect the music, but I do feel better. Oh my god! So that, so that way, like, you could furiously drum. I guess. Quick, guess quick like, the book's out in two weeks. We need more feats. I'm guessing. I'm guessing at that point, it's probably just air guitar, isn't it? Yeah, just really, just yeah, going for it. It's about as effective as this. Chris, it's, it's for, no, they can't see. That's the point. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, that makes sense. I you can't see me doing a guitar. Mm. I, I, I don't know how to make bards cool. I think like if you make them as history keepers. Yeah. And, and oath keepers. And, oath, and like and like the songs they know are ancient magics. Well, I was like, I, I quite, I quite that idea of like they know. Let's say rather, let's bind them into the idea of um, warlocks. So, like, warlocks know they have a little spell list, and then they have invocations they can cast all day, right? Yeah. I like the idea that as a bard, you can hold certain legendary songs in your head. Yeah. And so, let's say, for example, you've got the song of um, a folk hero who rose up and defeated or the masses. a song that was at a specific battle. Yeah, precisely. Or... And then you sing that, and then that gives you and your... like While you're singing that, that gives you and your allies benefits to... Yeah, it gives like, you the ancestral memory sort of thing, and yeah, and like and like and like you can summon like ghost soldiers, yeah. or like people's wounds don't hurt as much, but you have to tie it back into the setting, yes, which is the problem with D and D. It doesn't really have one. No, generic D and D is just fantasy. Get in, get <laughs> everybody, in, get in here, get in the fucking dungeon, kill this thing, steal its shoes. You happy now? Get some more shoes. Pull the lever, drink the potion. You need some plus one shoes now. Yeah. Your shoes aren't good enough. Here is a sword. Thank you. Wave it around. No. Okay. That's playing everyone. <laughs> Dindy mm. and scene. On that subject, Owen asks, which magic character class makes the best Heroes Feast? So Heroes Feast is a spell. Yep. It is a... Um, this is not advice anymore, is it? No. This is really good out of the way. <laughs> this has... Well, I, think, I think the word is veered. Yeah, we have jumped jump ship over a shark. Yep. Um, so Heroes Feast is a spell. Which you cast. Yes. And it generates a large amount of delicious food mm. for everyone. I think gives them some healing. I think it's a druid spell. Sure. It's like a jumped up good brew. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's gonna be acorns if that's a druid, isn't it? It's gonna be what forage nonsense. What about what about roast haunch of venison? You can't forage that. What about raw haunch of venison? You can't forage that. You can forage venison. You can't forage a living animal. They hunt You man. can hunt them. Well, they do hunt. Uh, no, <laughs> Animals hunt. I was saying you can't forage a deer. It's just extreme foraging. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Hear me out. Some bushes have thorns, right? Yep. So you've got to be careful when you're picking the berries off them. Yep. Right? Conversely, if you just think of antlers as meat thorns... And then do a murder to an animal. Same. Well, you're still murdering a bush, aren't you? No. You're ripping it off at the ground <laughs> to get at those berries. <laughs> yeah. Is that how that works? All right, tubers maybe. How about tubers? <laughs> like, not not the musical instrument. The yeah, no, I yeah, got that. Yeah, is. yeah, that's where they come from. <laughs> I'm in the frame crop this year. <laughs> that's a trombone we just did there. <laughs> we both did trombones. So druids are going to have a bad feast. I think I think you're giving druids a hard sell, but I think you're right. Yeah, I... it's going to be. Bitter berries, uncooked mushrooms, an acorn, 
some pond water. A deer will be nearby, if still alive. <laughs> the deer is invited to the feast. <laughs> um, wizards are going to be students. Yep. So it's going to be pot noodles, all yeah. sorts of shit, maybe a kebab. Yeah, it's gonna. It's, but it's not gonna be great. It's not gonna be it? high quality it's stuff. Be, yeah. Like, it's, it's gonna be something missing, and it, like, you're probably not gonna get glasses for the bottle of coke, that sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Sorcerers are gonna be pretty good. Sorcerers will be all right. Imagine a sorcerer turning out something perhaps slightly. A lot of pasta. Sauce. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not even it. a pity laugh. No. Um, wow. No, I, I I expect more of you. That's, that's entirely fair. I'm upset because I love you. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I've been let down today. Yeah. By myself. Um, I th- well, I mean, also, I, I can imagine a sorcerer doing a nice big bowl of pasta for everyone to enjoy yeah. with lots of, like, perhaps, like, clams or think, um, mussels in it. I think what you're looking for mm-hmm. is a warlock. I'm, I, I'm concerned about warlocks, given the source of their power. But that, I think it's, I think if you get yourself a dragon, dragon... Blooded, that's sorcerers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got, we well, got Fey. You got. It's 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 either Fey, Infernal, or Old Gods, Elder Gods. Well, right, Fey one's going to be delicious. That's true. Not very filling. No, <laughs> it is enchanted. It's, it's a bit like right, all the best parties are in hell, right? That's that's kind of yeah. the ongoing gag. So, so the so, best finger foods in yeah, hell. The best bit, just touchable fingers. Oops. But like, I imagine it would be a sumptuous fucking banquet if yeah. it was provided by one of the kings of hell. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Now, would it come like I, actually? Like rules is written, it doesn't come with any sort of drawbacks. <laughs> so, so it's just real nice. Yeah, it's just real nice, doesn't it? I think that's most of the core magic. There's bards. Yep. No. That's that's going to be you know gastro pub. I think bards are going to serve you like a big white plate with a little thing in the middle, and it's not going to be enough. As a joke. As a joke. Fucking bards. Frigs. Clerics. That's going to be very, you know. Bread porridge, bread and water. porridge, yeah. Drink of this wine, it is my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> Drink of the wine, it's a, it's a Chateau Leblanc 52. I, I'm worried about clerics. I, I mean, I guess it depends on the clerics god. Yeah, I mean... But it's going to be pretty hard. It's gonna be, I think Warlocks is definitely the best one. Warlocks is where you're going to get the richest, I think, the richest food. I think I definitely Infernal Warlocks or Fey Warlocks. I wouldn't want to go for the Elder, the elder God Cthulhu style dinner. Oh, it's dinner. just like ectoplasm. Just be empty bowls full of wishes. <laughs> that somehow sustain you. Okay, I guess. Yeah. Um, ask me a question, Big Horse. I will. Should we, should we, actually, let's have a quick look on Reddit, actually. Ned Porira asks, what do you actually expect when you buy an RPG? That's actually a super interesting question. That's an interesting question. question. So, the the product you're buying yeah. is traditionally some rules. Mm-hmm. And that's largely the base requirement. Mm, there has to be some rules in it. Well, it doesn't have to be. Well, otherwise it's not an RPG, is it? Yeah, I guess. It needs to be a rule of some kind. Yeah. Um... But, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, what you're paying for is a story engine, right? Yeah. You're paying for something that will generate fun times for you and your friends. Yeah, without having to think of things to say. And you can get all sorts of extra layers on that, like you can get setting. Pictures. Pictures. Adventures. And stuff like that. But what you're buying is that raw... The, the cog. Yeah, the, 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 the central mechanism for generating fun. That's weird because like one of the things which we've gotten into as we develop RPGs as as a as a business is what gives worth 
to an RPG, which I think is a, which is is a more interesting question. Yeah. Um, like, what kind of what purpose does art serve? And I think, in my experience, both reading books and selling books, art serves the same purpose as wearing a suit to an interview. In yeah. That I could do the job wearing a fucking clown costume, but it shows willing. It shows that we've made an investment in this process. And but also it helps some yeah, certain people uh, visualize what's yeah, going that's on. True. Um, and you get across a point sometimes quicker and cleaner with art. I think certainly when I was younger, I used to so like the Inquisitor rule book has a real mix of art in it. But I used to like pour over that thing and read it back to front, and so I know all the art in there. I yeah. used to like look at the details of them. It can become iconic. Really exciting. Inquisitor Hand was the one I liked. It was, it was the martyrdom of Inquisitor Hand, the picture being, as, as, as a guy being stuck to a tree, basically. <laughs> By like, his, like glued to? or No, like, to? like he's, he's dead, and then he gets a tree, and he's got a face like this. Great face for radio. Yeah, thank you. Um... So that's kind of cool. Like they, they can become iconic, and I think like they can communicate the idea, certainly of a class, yep. or of a place. So, 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 so it's like looking at the iconic of a class when you're flicking through. When I you think try and... I think iconics are some of my favourite bits. Yeah, um, especially seeing as when you when you look into Pathfinder, like there is a Pathfinder setting. I presume mm. they do a lot of organised play, but fuck me, it's dense. Man, the inner sea. Yeah. Whereas I don't need to know that if I look at the iconics and then the iconics are the same lads who are running around through the book and having adventures. Mm. That's kind of a fun thing because it's, it's, it's an implied universe, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, something which we try to do a little bit with Unbound is having like certain recurring characters show up. Yeah, because I mean, Un- Unbound is one of those games that kind of throws you for a loop when you're looking at what you expect yeah. from an RPG because it doesn't have a setting. No. Which did outfox a couple of people. Yeah, yeah, including me trying to write copy for it. Yeah, yeah. it's very difficult. <laughs> I and I expect um, I expect decent quality writing. I expect proper grammar and spelling and punctuation. Yeah. I expect um, good writing. I think if like if you've published a book and you're not good at writing, that's a bad idea. Yeah. Um, I also expect clearly communicated rules and plot lines. I don't want you to hide your stuff in jokes. I don't want you to sort of squirrel stuff away or badly lay it out. Like, yeah. there is the idea that an RPG is a technical manual. Um, and if you look at something like Shadowrun 5th, is a very badly laid out technical manual, first and when foremost. When it becomes hard to find what you're tracking. Yeah, precisely. Like, I... I there's, I think, three different steps you have to do each time you pull the trigger on a gun, and you have to go to different parts of the book for them. And, like, you can track, you can write it down, and you can shorten yeah, it. Yeah, but, but you shouldn't have to, yeah. How, how do you feel about example adventures? So I'm a huge fan of example adventures. I very mm. rarely run the back of the book adventure. Yeah. But that give me a really good feel for how you want the system to be played. Yeah. They kind of give you a a guide. A yeah, guide and line. still to this day, one of my favourite adventures is actually a back of book adventure. The, the Call of Cthulhu one. The Cthulhu one, End of yeah. Paradise. I ran, I ran the, um, the Call of the uh, Dark Heresy adventure. I think I think it was the back of the book adventure for for you actually mm. in the group, and you very quickly went off script because it was dark heresy. So like round one, you summoned a demon. Yeah, that's like, you wanted. Yeah, to do. I like, didn't mean to do that. Like there, there, there was like the psyker cast a spell and something something went incredibly wrong. But like I'm pretty sure that you just like you got a car cleaned. That was a really big thing you did in the first session. Yeah, and that it was it didn't really prepare for that. That's uh, so one of the problems I find with any sort of pre-written adventure. 
is it makes big assumptions on the role of the players and of the GM. And what you end up with is a novel without any dialogue or pacing. Yeah. Just it like, doesn't quite hang together. Yeah. But as I say, like as a as a taster of the setting and of how the game should yeah. unfold, it's really, really useful. That's a good point. I like that. And also just like the sort of thing which you can take apart and crib. Like I, I if you put a map in a book, like 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 a dungeon map, yeah. I will always use that. I yeah, like, super I, like, useful. I like having that. So like one of the nice things about Fifth Edge D and D, the back of the Dungeon Master's Guide has like twenty maps. And it's just like use them; they're unlabeled. Yeah. So it turns out that's where my vampire was hiding last week. Ah, well, how handy. Mm, mm, very convenient. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, I expect all of that. I expect a playable product. I expect something which is fun to read. I I think one of the other issues as well is that role-playing books are the only books which aren't... You're not just supposed to read them? They're art pieces as well. They're, they're coffee table books. No, more what I'm saying is you're supposed to play them. Yeah. You're supposed to sit down with your friends and generate characters and tell a story using this engine. And it's almost like, this, is it enough just to write something which is nice to read and engaging and interesting, but is never really played that often? Yeah, it's very true. Nobilis. Yeah. I, There's a coffee table book. That's, that's a gorgeous thing. Do not understand it in the slightest. No. I, I don't think I'm an idiot. <laughs> no. <laughs> We've we've had you tested, so you're not. Oh, that, that is what an idiot would think, isn't it? They, they wouldn't know. <laughs> it seems very difficult. Yeah. It seems like I think it's already hard enough to talk to people. Let's put as few rules in there as possible. <laughs> Codify things. Make it make it easier for me. Mm, mm. What's your what's what's what do you hold up as the best role playing book? Not like the best role playing game, but the best physical product you've got, which is like you know what I love this. I love owning this. There's two books that I really utterly love that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is my copy of Domains of Dread, the Ravenloft yes, campaign I've setting book. Yeah. It's nicely laid out. It mm-hmm. feels good. It's got that sort of high-quality Bible page it's a paper. Lo- it's a lovely sort of flick-through read as well. Yeah. Um, and the other is my copy of Book Counts of London. Ah, yes. Uh, which is a very, very limited edition run. Mm. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, and that again is a really interesting book to read through. Yeah, not the best of books as it goes. Okay, but it's a beautiful thing to read. And, like, and also, like, it's a role playing game written specifically for you. Yes, yeah, it's about, a, it's a cult, about magical book dealers. Magical book yeah. dealers, yeah. Um, which is your that, that fan fiction about you? Yes, that I wrote. Uh, I really like Inquisitor. I think I really like. I really like. Like I think actually, my first copy of Dark Heresy. Yeah, I. I don't like the rules in either of them, um, and uh, like Gav, Gav Thorpe is a lovely man, and I read a story to his child at Nine Worlds, and it was great. <laughs> and I read a story to his child, and by that I mean I read a story to Gav Thorpe because his child wasn't listening. But I'm not a huge fan of the rules of Inquisitor, not these days. And Dark Heresy suffers from a lot of the same problems. But the the richness of those books, like the thickness, yeah, the, like the fact they spent all the money on art and didn't have any left for, for the binding. <laughs> <laughs> They're dense books. They're very heavy. There's far too much writing in them. There's far too much equipment. There's far too many rules. But it's just like, I think, part of the wonder and mystery for um, I me, mean, when I was growing up, I, I first walked into a games workshop and there was fantasy and 40k and there's these two worlds and I was like how can I understand all of this this is, this is incredible there's all these worlds that at, at that point they've been going for what, 20 years I think yeah um, and so they had this huge weight of lore upon them and these huge model lines 
and it was all written down. It was fascinating. I was learning about. I used to buy codexes for armies. I didn't have to learn about the, right. the rules behind them. The, the you know the mythos behind it. And I think I get something like that out of Dark Heresy because it's so unwieldy. <laughs> it's almost impossible to understand. And none of the rules really fit together properly. And it has a load of superfluous setting information with just like throwaway paragraphs. And I couldn't possibly understand the core rulebook. And I like that. It, it, it's not like it's not like I couldn't possibly understand Nobilis because I'm too stupid. Yeah. There's just too much of this. It's too dense. And yeah. I like that. That's fun. And let's have a last question. And then we'll wrap it up. Okay. This one says how to handle dismemberment by the cool guy. Uh, cool, begin by, begin cool by screaming. <laughs> uh, get the dismembered item, put it on ice. Yeah. Immediately get to a hospital. You, pr- you, pr- you probably want to apply pressure to the stump, I yeah. believe. Yeah. Tourniquets, they're good. Yes, tourniquets are fantastic. Yeah. They're you, what, purpose made, really. The issue is a lot of blood is coming out of a person and blood needs to be inside people. Yes. Or warm bags. Those are the two cool bags. They warm or cool. Warm bags, just like, just like a Tesco carrier bag full of blood. No, like 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 a bag of blood like, from, from a blood bank. From a blood bank. They're what, cool. They're cool. Okay. Have I figured that like they might, they might coagulate or something? Well, no, like, I guess they'd go off. They're vacuum they? sealed. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah, so so chilled blood. Yeah, and then you warm it, presumably to put it into person so you don't cause shock. Well, if you're a coward. Yes. I just drink my blood. <laughs> <laughs> mm, refreshing that's why none of those transfusions are taken isn't it yeah really it's a real problem apparently it's a, it's a powerful emetic human blood it makes you puke no really yeah just, well, that makes sense just want yeah i mean you don't want it in you do you yeah um but like apparently a lot of these real life vampires have problems with that because it makes you puke <laughs> which is really going to get all down your corset yeah what well, was it fight club told us you could you can swallow two pints oh of your own blood yeah or someone else's Okay, I don't remember that bit. Yeah, it's only if, it's only if you believe Fight Club as a as a medical resource. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm prepared yeah, to yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, I'm prepared to, to to go for that. Let's let's go back to our let's go back to our Discord. See if there's any questions which lure you in. What's the hardest genre to turn into an RPG? Asks Guybrush. I've never only looked with sci-fi. <laughs> I think it's been done though. I think it's it's been handled. Yeah, it just seems fucking nightmarish, really. Yeah. I've either got hard sci-fi, hard sci-fi, which is boring, or soft sci-fi, which is daft. Uh, police procedural. Well, they did it with um, Issa Terrorists. No, no, police. Not not detective procedural. Not detective. <laughs> There's no mystery here. Police. The assault like the, the assault suspect is still here and is hitting someone. Yeah. Okay, I guess like, I'd, I'd, I'd probably make it about, about like the interpersonal relationships and run it in Fiasco yeah. or something. Um, fiasco seems a bit... Yeah, you, you wouldn't be good police. <laughs> no. Bad, but that'd be, that'd be like corrupt police procedural, which is exciting. Yeah. We're talking about political drama. Political drama, medical dramas. Yes, something where the core action partaken mm. by the people in the game is, is, in, no, is incredibly complex. Yeah. Like, like surgery. Mm. Because you have to abstract it to essentially to a surgery role. Yeah. Or you simply play a couple of rounds of trauma centre on the Wii. <laughs> You know they're making a TV show of that. Uh, I think they've made one. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called ER, isn't it? No, it's, it's a trauma centre show. They described it as a team of medical vigilantes. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's a crime. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's that's practising medicine without a licence. Yeah, that, that there, is buddy. horribly illegal. Uh, genres. Yeah. Genres. 
Um, your Jane Eyre's, your Charlotte Brontes, yep. your um, period drama, period drama suffers. I've not seen a good period drama game. I sure as shit haven't written one. No, I've published one. <laughs> <laughs> I've published a game about what's the uh, Regency Ladies? Yes, is the is the name of it. The role playing game. I think I think that is that is a rich vein, which we haven't quite pinned down yet. Although I will say, I haven't been looking super hard for it. So it might well be out there. There might well be five of them, all written by women I've never heard of. <laughs> Possibly. We should probably look into that. Well, would you play it? No. No. See, that's the issue. Yeah. It's difficult. It involves talking and thinking. Um, but that's not why I'm here. No, you want to get bigger shoes. Bigger plus one shoes. <laughs> my plus five shoes are like boats I wear on my feet and I can plus no one, longer enter the dungeon. Plus one sick vans. When I say plus one shoes, I mean that's three shoes. I mean, I was a size 10. These are plus one, so these are now 11s. <laughs> I'm rattling around. <laughs> it really is uncomfortable, I've but st- I can now boot a dragon. I've stuffed it with magical um, newspaper. <laughs> the newspaper's plus two. What bonus does it confer? What if the more magical an item was, the bigger it was? <laughs> which, which, Colossal sword. Which is why dragons and giants are high-level monsters, because they can pick up and lift the items around. Or like possibly even fucking interact with them. That makes sense, actually. I quite like that. More size means more magic. Bigger equals more real. I've And so... Wait a sec. I might be able to get into my idea of having giant fantasy robots. I think you might. Because, let's say, you increase the size um, exponentially by 50%. Exponentially? Well, like... So by exponentially, so like you'll increase it fifty percent, and then you'll increase it fifty percent of the plus one, the fifty yeah. percent of the plus two, rather than just fifty percent of the first okay, item. Yeah. So, so so it would be you know a yeah. shoe, and then a shoe t- one and a half times as big as a normal shoe. Yeah. But then is you've there got... a cap on the pluses? I think it only run to plus five, don't they? Okay, that, that's fine then. then I don't know. We, yeah. We, we keep within the bounds of the planet still turning. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, you know you, but like at that point you're talking like, like a car sized shoe, I think. What's probably he hit, bit, plus six? Probably a bit bigger than that. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how maths works. But, like, how do you wear those car-sized shoes? How does that work? You sleep in them. How far... <laughs> you become an old woman who lives yeah. in a shoe. You, like... like so, so, so you're in a pair of kicks. That, that plus six greatsword, you have to strap it to a van and drive it <laughs> into things. Just hold the handle to make the magic work. <laughs> <laughs> it's touching the end. I quite like that idea. Like, also, so it's like there's like the common goal of like, well, like, do you give characters really like complicated, heavy loot drops? Yeah. And how do they get them back? And is that boring? And how much do gold coins weigh? It's like this, this is a plus three sword, so naturally it's the size of a horse. <laughs> On you go. Imagine how big a wish spell's going to be in scroll form. <laughs> you try and furl it down the side of a building. It's like the fucking Bayou Tapestry. <laughs> <laughs> Massively thick as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! It's a carpet. Actually, at that point, it would be it would be it would be a wish rug. Yeah. Uh, okay. I can't I can't see anything that goes wrong. Oh, hang on. One slight problem. 
potions. Yeah, high level healing. <laughs> Just have to dump it over the injured party like a vat of Gatorade. No, you've got to drink it all. Oh no. 68 litres. Oh god, that's got... Mm. We've, we've, Heals D4. We've got a house rule in my... That's a pretty shitty rule. <laughs> we've got a house rule in my, in my D&D game because they don't have a cleric. Any potion thrown at the rogue's face counts as though she drank it. <laughs> <laughs> it also heals the glass shards. Yeah, well, there's, a, there's a familiar, familiar sensation of glass shards being healed out of her cheek. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that is that is what you should run your next campaign about. Yeah, 100%. Um, person who asked, what's the harder genre to turn to an RPG? <laughs> The hardest genre to turn into an RPG is giant magic items. Yeah. Good. Well-known genre. Yeah. So thank you for listening to this, uh, another face-to-face podcast. Next time I think we'll do a, well, we'll have to do a distant podcast. We'll have much less in the way of um, glances at each other and visual gags. Tender, tender glances. Well, that's me done. I tried try to make it slightly audible. <laughs> so, so I don't know whether they could hear I bit my lip. I don't think they could, no. Okay, I've just got out one ball. <laughs> Check out that. We love each other, clearly, but more than that, we love you. We love the way your hair is. We love those new boots you bought. We're a huge fan of the way you say the word plinth. We prize your whole endealment. Your whole endealment we prize a great deal. We, we would like to offer up you the chance to form us into a sort of pantomime horse and ride us around. I guess it would be more like a hearty dice centaur. In the, um, Who's the front? I think I should be the front. Because oh. you've got a strong, broad back. That is not true. Which, that, I'm trying to think which one, which one of us would be more stable if someone had to ride around on us. I think it's probably you, man. Yeah, probably there's is. more of you? Yeah, it's fair. You can hang on to me to support yourself. Okay, yeah. Because I just puke all the time. 68-litre healing potion, that's your problem. <laughs> so, yeah, if, uh, if you're interested in, in, in having access to that, we may well add it as a um, as a patron reward. Yeah. But until we add that, um, Hearty Dice Centaur, I'm really happy with that word, by the way. Yeah, it's pretty that's, good. that's tight. Um, unlike our performance. <laughs> <laughs> Um, until then, you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash hearty dice friends and give us some give us some of your spare change. I see it's weighing down those pockets in your elegant trousers and ruining the line. So put it in your bank account, transfer it to PayPal, <laughs> and then um, sign up to us. You can give us some you can give us some dollars, which helps us do the show. Um, we were chatting about doing advertising earlier, and one, no one wants to do it, and two, we think it would kind of cheapen this because we kind of do it because we like it and it's fun. Yeah. And you giving us money is, I think, a fairer way of doing that. So, to all of our current contributors, thank you so much. And if, you've, if you're thinking about backing us, um, the main benefit we offer is Discord. You can come and hang out, ask us questions. Aside from that, you can follow us on Twitter at HDF Podcast, and you can send us. And oh, we didn't set up the the, uh, the anonymous question asking thing. Oh, we will. Oh, uh, we will. We'll do it for the next episode. Swear to God, we'll do this. Okay, we'll make it happen. We love you. You look great. Thank you for everything. Ride us around like a horse. Goodbye. Bye.